live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I am Jade Warshaw, your co-host today. Dr. John Deloney is sitting to my right. We're taking your calls all afternoon about your life, your money, so give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225, and we'll chop it up with you. Uh, Call about your life, call about your money, call about your relationships. the show is yours, and we are happy that you're here with us. So let's go straight to the phone lines. Kyle in Jackson, Mississippi. What's going on, Kyle? I'm going to Jackson. <laughs> hey, Jay, Dr. John. How's it going, guys? <laughs> going good. How can we help? Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, just to kind of give you a brief overview of what I got going on, um, currently just in a, a situation that I'm trying to figure my way out of. Um, I'll kind of tell you what prompted it. Um my wife and I are actually expecting our first baby here in a few weeks, and it's just, it's got me thinking, and you know, it's it's time for a legitimate change. I'm ready to do it, um, but I'm just trying to get some traction, and I can't seem to do that, so um, that's that's where I'm at, and, you know, I'm excited, but I'm, you know, I'm getting pretty nervous, pretty scared, and it's coming pretty quick. What, tell me about the your financial situation that's making you nervous and scared. And yeah, so um, altogether, um, just quick math in my head, um, roughly about 400K that's including a mortgage um, spread out. I'm pretty much a poster child of stupid, but um, that 72 in student loans, that's between my wife and I, the majority of that is mine, about 64. Um, two car loans. How much are those? Um, one's 18, one's 29. Okay. What else? Um, roughly 15K across multiple credit cards, and then um, just being conservative and saying another 1500 um, medical and miscellaneous. Okay. Um, I think something that'll help is yep. kind of separating your mortgage debt from everything else, because okay. when you tell yourself, I've got $400,000 of debt, like, that feels a lot more right. overwhelming with the mortgage included in that. And the truth of the matter is right now, your only assignment is to pay off the, the non-mortgage debt. So sure. it's not cheating sure. to, to kind of cut that part off and put it, you know, yeah. put it aside for later. So without that, you know, this goes down significantly. Let me just quickly in my head, 30, 60, 70, 80. So, I mean, you've got $160,000 of debt. Does that feel right? Yeah, it sounds roughly right. Yep. Okay, so how much income are you bringing in? Um, one ten plus bonuses. What I are the about sixty five hundred a month or so? Um, I haven't gotten my first bonus, but we're on track to about near fifteen hundred um, next month. Okay, so roughly you bring home anywhere between sixty five hundred to eight thousand a month with bonuses. Is that fair? Mm, I would say. Um, 6500 is is fair. Okay, that's fair. And is this yeah. just your income or your wife's working too? I know you said just she's pregnant, income. but does she normally work? Uh, she's a homemaker slash babysitter. Um, so she was contributing about 700 a month or so, but um, that's about to stop. Okay. And when, so this will be your first child. Sorry, I'm asking a lot of questions because right. I want to get my head around it. So she has no, his fine. first child. Do you think that is the plan that she'll go back to doing what she was doing before or pick up any sort of work? Or is the idea that she'll probably, you know, take home, 
take care of the baby and not do any financial. The intent is to stay home and take care of the baby to avoid um, child care, um, potentially going back to doing what she was doing um, eventually. Uh, I don't know what postpartum and what, what that's going to look like. The intent right now is to avoid child care costs and um, have her stay home with the baby. Okay. Okay. So, okay. What that's telling me mm-hmm. is because when I think about child care, I'm just, I'm thinking out loud here. When I think about child yeah. care, uh, you pay around twelve to $1,300 per kid, but for an infant, it's more expensive. So maybe you're paying fourteen or 1500 a month if you're, yeah. doing you know a, ni- a mid-level to nice ch- nicer child care do we yeah. feel like she here's the way i i kind of think about that i'm like is she able to make fifteen hundred dollars or more a month could she bring in is she able to bring in three thousand dollars a month because if she is that kind of answers your question mm-hmm. yeah that means yeah she can work and we can have child care i'm not saying that you know you have to do it immediately but i do think that in this equation as much money coming yeah. in as possible is necessary. And I also think this is the hard part of this equation. Um, there's going to be some things that you don't like about it. Like, I, I don't think right. there's any getting around. Something's going to have to take place here that nobody likes, whether it's you picking up a second job, because then the and negative side to, to that is, that. oh, I won't be around the baby as much. And then your wife's going right. to be like, hey, you're never here. So there, no matter yeah. how you slice this, there's going to be a trade that takes place. And it's not going to be comfortable. So I do want to say that out of the gate and you and your wife can decide what that trade is um, and when it takes place. But my screen says that you're on the path to bankruptcy. So what I want to make sure that you know is I don't think that you're on the path to bankruptcy. I think you just have some really difficult decisions that you're going to have to make with your money and the way your lifestyle is moving forward. Fair enough? Yeah, that's fair. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm willing to pick up second job and do what I need to. I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying to get my head above water right now and figure it out. So the tactical side to this. So let's talk tactics. Tactical side okay. is: Do you have a budget? Are you working on a budget right now? I just started trying to give it a, a really good go um, this past week, and I don't know that it's um, in the best place. I probably need to see how it comes out. Um, I did. I did attempt, you know, put my book, my best foot forward on uh-huh. it and, and try it out. But I don't know how it's uh, how well that is right now. Okay, well, finish it because I think sometimes we start on it and we go get busy with something else. Prioritize this this weekend. You got to get this budget set with your wife together. You yep. guys decide on the amounts. And first things first, if you've never been on a budget before, and this is for anybody listening, your first job is just to figure out can you live on your income, like. Don't make any big sweeping changes. Just be like, can I live on a budget? Can I make, can I write down a realistic number for groceries? Can I write down a realistic number that I think we spend? And can I just stick to it? Like that's for so many people, they quickly go to, I'm going to live on nothing. And it's like, I can't stick to this. So just get in a rhythm of you guys sticking to whatever number you put. Don't get too crazy. And we don't use credit cards. We were just living on our income. And then when you start feeling your footing with that, that's when you start going, okay, but now I I, I can cut down groceries and I can cut back on takeout and I can cut back on, um, you know, whatever those different care categories are. And that's what that looks like. And then I want you to really start playing out and playing through some numbers and seeing what would it look like if our family lived on 
80,000 instead of 110,000. And then I want you to start running the numbers on what would it look like if you found a job where you could make $2,000 extra a month. And I really want you to pull all of these concepts out of the air and put them down on paper and start working your way backwards and going, okay, what does it look like to get $2,000 extra a month? What does it look like for us to live on this number of a budget? And that's how you put this in real life. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable. Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org budget. That's chministries.org budget. You're listening to The Ramsey Show. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you love this show, make sure that you like, subscribe, and share it with the people around you. That would help us out big time. Obviously, it kicks the show up in the algorithms, and you're just sharing a really awesome show with the people around you, which that is a win-win. I'm your host, Jade Warshaw. This is Dr. John Deloney. Taking your calls all afternoon, so give us a call. The number is 888-825-5225, and we would be happy to give you our opinion on what's going on in your life. So we'll do just that. We got Justin in Seattle, Washington. What's going on, Justin? Yeah, how's it going? I got a question for you. So I rent a house below market value, uh, a four-bedroom house for about $1,000 a month. And I'm looking at, is it worth it for me to pursue buying a house knowing that the mortgage is going to be twice as much? Um guess that would be the big question is should I pursue buying a house? I have little, I have very little debt and I, I just got a new job with a uh, little more money. So, and I just got married two years ago and she, my wife wants a house, but I'm not sure if that's, I'm just, like, I'm worried about the risk, I guess. Of, How old are you? Or is there a risk of just running? I'm 45 years old. 45. I mean, well, <sighs> When you when you buy, you're taking away some of the risk because for most of us, the largest line item on our budget is our home, whether we rent or buy. And so yeah. when we rent, though, that becomes a variable cost, right? We have the ability for rent to go up. We have the ability for our lease to break and then we have to go someplace else. Whereas when we buy, um, it's just kind of a fixed savings account and we're putting money into it and we're buying, we're building equity in that um, and it becomes an asset for us and it's fixed. So that kind of creates a stability in our life. So to that point, um, I would say most folks, really everybody should aspire to home ownership. But the real question for you right now is, is now the time to buy? And that's really the question that most people, including yourself, need to be asking themselves. It's not necessarily is renting better than buying. It's is now a good time for me to buy. Is that fair enough? Yeah, I mean, I do. I I went through a divorce, so I don't have very much in retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, I do pay quite a bit in child support, so that's the other thing. Is like, should I just be holding my horses and kind of waiting for the interest rates to go down, or or I mean, I feel like I've been waiting forever. <laughs> I owned the house when I was married a long time ago, but I just I now I'm like to the point where I kind of got out of that, and I'm just kind of 
I had a little bit from when I got married. My wife had some debt that we're paying off, um, maybe about $25,000 or so. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, I just feel like I'm just trying to, I don't know, I, I'm nervous to, to do it. I know I, I guess I get the point that I could, that my rent could go up, but I've been with the same landlord for um, 12 years, and he's, I don't know, he's, I guess he could sell the house or something like that. But I feel like I'm pretty comfortable where I'm at. But well, maybe that's just kind of me being a little naive as well. Well, I mean, kind of going back to our initial conversation, there is value in stabilizing your lifestyle. And I think as long as you rent, there is more perceived stability than actual stability. So to your wife's point, she's the one that wants to buy. So let's let's talk about what it might look like for you to get to that point. And I would say the first thing is I would want to be completely debt free. So I'd pay off this debt that you have. It sounds yeah. like it's only 25000 um, how quickly could you have that paid off? Um, I would say within, I would say within a year or two. Okay. So one Depends to two years. On, she, she owns her own company, um, that is kind of, it's teetering back and forth. It's doing okay. And sometimes it doesn't do very well. And then I have a, a regular job where I, I make a, a decent amount of money. I make about one, one thirty five, okay. and then bonuses can get it up there a little higher. What does she um, make? But. On a she on makes, an average month. Well, I would say on an average month she makes she pretty she right now she's breaking even and she uh, with her business maybe she'll make uh, about three three or four thousand dollars a month sometimes and then sometimes she'll just be Break flat. Even. How long has so, she been doing it yeah. like that? Um, she's been doing that for I would say she's been doing it for before we got married so maybe five, six years now. All right. I would challenge that. I think there's a point where a business is just a really great hobby and it's great when it brings in money. Um, But I'd want to get to the point after five years where the income is consistent and I can say I'm earning this money and this is what I'm taking in. Um, That being said, and I'd want to see that, especially with you guys thinking about buying a house. So my keys to this would be paying off the debt. Let's save up three to six months of expenses in this case, I'd probably say six months of expenses because her income isn't as solid as I'd like for it to be. And then I'd start saving yeah. up for a down payment. I'd start looking in your area and saying, okay, like what's feasible for us? What can we get into? And um, I wouldn't worry. I mean, I say this very lightly because interest rates are real and the what it takes to buy a house right now is is not easy. <laughs> and so this could be a long journey for you guys yeah. saving up to actually get something that you would want to buy. And I, I think that's okay. But I do think in this case, home ownership, we just know that it's a key component to wealth building. 67% of millionaires have paid for residences. So I do think that it's something that you should consider and could should start working towards. John, what do you think? Yeah. Um, Justin, can I use your situation as, as just a conversation on a larger, a, a bigger puzzle piece across the country? Is that cool? Yeah. So... Um, Dave in particular has taken, and I guess all of us by proxy have taken a lot of hits recently, and I'm seeing it on social media, I'm seeing it everywhere, that we're out of touch, that we don't care about people, that we want people to not spend money, our ideas are impractical, they don't work. And so when Jade tells somebody who's thinking about buying a home, hey, don't owe anybody any money first. And make sure you've got some money to put down enough that you can get in that house and that you could get out of it if you had to. 
that you can get into that house and you're not going to immediately be underwater in, in a huge asset like that. When we tell people 25% of your take-home pay, the, what we get back is, well, that's just unreasonable because houses have doubled. And here's the thing. I bought a house in 2020, right at the beginning, before it got bananas. And I'm shopping for a house right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mostly doubled. It is madness. It's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And I, Dave pays me super obnoxiously well. And math doesn't care about my feelings. And what does that mean for me and my family? There are neighborhoods in Nashville that we would have moved in with our same income and our same cash situation in 2020 that we're not doing right now. We can't because we can't afford it. Mm -hmm. I've got friends across the country that want to move to this state to keep doing this job, to live in this town, and they simply can't do it because the, the, the matrix of, I want this job, I want to be in this town, and I want this home, one of those or two of those have to give. Yeah, And so the big enemy here is how expensive homes are. The big enemy here is how everyone says it's okay to borrow a whole bunch of money and spread yourself out. And the heartbreaking part for me and for Jade, for Dave, for George, for Ken, for all of us is we sit with hurting people on the other side of this thing when it goes. And make no mistake, it will go again. It will go again. And so we love people. We want people to buy the nicest house you can afford for you and your family. I want everyone to do the job they want in the city they want in the house they want. Right now, housing is out of control. It's so expensive. And that may mean that for most people, you're going to have to rent for a while. Mm-hmm. And is it ideal? Nope. Is it reality? Yes. Or you're going to have to move to a new, a new state. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to move to a new town. You're going to have to take on a second or third or fourth job or whatever the thing may be. But math doesn't care what neighborhood I want to live in. Math doesn't care what school I want to send my kid to. Math says, if you don't have money in, in, in the bank, math says, if you go into your home underwater, it's going to bite you and it's going to cost you everything. And by the way, some super, super rich person is going to come buy that house from pennies on the dollar after I lose it. So, it's heartbreaking, brother. But if you can't afford it, don't get into it. But it is something worthy to build towards. Housing is out of control expensive. It's just reality. Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LSC. You're listening to The Ramsey Show. I'm your host, Jade Warshaw. This is Dr. John Deloney to my right. We're taking your calls all afternoon. The number is 888-825-5225. Give us a call. Let's go straight to the phone line, shall we, John? We shall. Let's talk to Matt in Pittsburgh, PA. What's going on, Matt? 
Hey, uh, I am 23 years old, and I am $157,000 in student loan debt. Yikes. And I just don't know how to get out of it. What did you study, brother? Uh, I was originally engineering, but switched to biochemistry and therefore lost my academic scholarship, and now I'm this far in debt. What, uh, what do you do for a living now? Uh, I work as a medical lab tech at a hospital here in Pittsburgh. What are you earning? I'm sorry? What are you earning? Uh, take home is about 2600 a month. Okay. Do you have any other debt? Uh, no. Okay. Um, what's your living situation? Uh, I'm currently running an apartment with uh, roommate. Roommates. Okay, so what are you paying in rent every yeah. month? Uh, with utilities, five fifty. Five fifty. Okay, good. Um, okay. Good news is your rent is in a good spot. Um, mm-hmm. What else do you have? No car. No car payment. Nothing like that, right? No. Okay. So the good news is you don't have a lot of ex- other expenses that are pulling away from your ability to pay this debt off. Um, you know. Mm-hmm so many people find themselves and I just kind of want to paint this picture for you because it'll make you a little bit more grateful because so many people find themselves in this situation where it's like, Hey, I have $157,000 of debt, but I'm also married with kids and a mortgage and credit card debt and card car notes. So it's really hard to make that traction because all of their money is just going away every single month. The good news is you've got, um, at least half of your income should be at your, your disposal. Is that fair enough? Uh, yeah, with the minimum payments and the rent, I don't have much wiggle room, like with groceries and gas and everything. What are you spending on groceries and gas for a single guy? Uh, groceries, I can get my bill to like 200 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then gas, uh, probably about, I want to say like 250 a month. Okay. And then does your job take out insurance and everything like that? Do you have that benefit? Yeah. Okay. So what else are you, What what's another big expenditure that you have going out every month? It's just the minimum payments for the uh, the student loans. Okay. So they're all broken up. How many are there? Uh, well, there, there's four privates and uh, the federal loan. So I'm paying 12, 12 every month towards the private loan and about 250 for the federal. Okay. Jade, the big elephant in the room here is I don't see a possible way forward with him only making $31,000 a year. Yeah, he's got to get his income up. Um, Bro, what, what's your what's your end goal here? You quit being an engineer to get a biochem degree. You're obviously a smart young man. Like, what's the goal here? Well, my problem is, is that I'm... I feel kind of stuck where I am in my job right now because I'd have to go get a further degree in order to move up. Yeah, that, that's what I, what I mean is like you're better off right now going to try to get a manager's job at McDonald's or an assistant mm-hmm. manager at um, Home Depot. And I know it won't have the prestige okay. of going into a, a hospital and being a lab tech, but bro, you are broke. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that because I love you, Yeah. right? I mean, you are yeah, yeah. you can't eat. $200, I mean, that's... I went to Chick-fil-A the other day and it was like $19. I mean, it's 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 out of this world expensive to exist. You just can't do that on 31. So 
Whatever you want to do down the road, man, I'm all for you. Once you go to med school, if that's what you want to do, or PA school, or chem school, if you can get a master's in chemistry, whatever it is, I'm all for it. But right now, you can't eat, dude. Mm-hmm. And that means you're going to have to break some hearts, and everyone's going to be like, oh my gosh, you got these degrees, and they didn't. Yeah, right now, I got to go make a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, I, yeah, it makes sense. You're calling us, like, I, I wish I could just be like, all right, Jade and I, we bestow it upon you. We, I mean, you just got to work and go earn that money. And thirty-one thousand annually is a big math problem. It's a t. That's a. That's you're digging a swimming pool with a spoon, brother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. What would that look like? I mean, real talk. What does that look like for you? Um, is this just a matter of applying for different jobs? Did you kind of apply for one? You got it, and that was good enough. Well, yeah, I was applying for. Because I graduated in December of 22, and I was applying for uh, about six months, and I was working that entire time, too. But, uh, yeah, I finally got this job in June of last year, mm-hmm. and I've still been looking for other stuff that pays higher, but it's, yeah, I can't Can you can, can you work four hours before your shift um, from... Uh, uh, and shipping, and then after you get off your shift, can you work another four hours as an orderly? I know those are two positions that are hard to find in hospitals. Or can you go over and work in the gift shop or in the like? I'm just trying to say I, I understand that draw to be in that ecosystem. You worked hard to get in there. This is what you're passionate about. It just can't. It just not paying the bills. And so the other alternative is I'm going to cobble together a couple of two or three jobs inside this system. And by the way, in five years, mm-hmm. when you've earned some more money and paid this stuff off you'll know how a hospital works, right? And that will set you up for whatever you want to do next. But but mm-hmm. um, there's not a way that you're going to get through this without a lot of pain and a lot of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Either going to work at McDonald's um, and then working at Subway at night and then loading boxes at Walmart overnight or um, doing a whole bunch of jobs at the hospital. Yeah. Your goal okay. right now yeah. should be to 3X this. Yeah, 3X. Okay. And people are going right. to say, oh, just go make $90,000. No, we know there's not just, they're not handing right. out $90,000 jobs. This means you're just going to work Cobbling seven it, days yeah. a week, 12 hours a day for a couple of years. Piecing together some jobs. Okay. Because think about it right now, in your situation right now, you're paying off uh, $13,000, $14,000 a year. on The maybe. way you're going, maybe. that's maybe what you get. So if you, do, if you two exit, mm. now you're paying off $30,000 a year. And if you three exit, now you're paying off forty five thousand dollars a year, so sixty thousand dollars a year. So let's that's that's where we're getting to, and it's going to be a journey. But I think you can do this. I don't want this to take you mess around and take you seven years to pay this off. Yeah. And what's annoying for you, my friend, is Jade and I both (laughs) had this about this much or more. And both of us worked a whole bunch of jobs, did a bunch of wild things, and missed a lot of fun times with our families and our friends Mm -hmm. for an extended number of years to Mm -hmm. get this stuff knocked out. So we've been there. We know. It's the worst. It is. And it's what's got to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling? I feel like, you know, I think sometimes (laughs) people call in and they're kind of hoping that we can, you know, pull out that big red button that kind of like (laughs) gives them the free pass. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like we just loaded you up. How are you feeling? Yeah, it's uh, just kind of relieving to like hear somebody else say uh, get into another field or like go get a different job because yeah, uh, it's it's stressful to like to put all that time and work in and realize like this isn't going to be able to 
pay off anything. Listen, I think and you're like, finding the reality in the dream that we all believed. You know, so many of us, we went into college with that thought of, listen, my, my degree is going to ROI. Like, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to go out and get a job and I'll be able to pay for it lickety split. And so many of us, you're not alone when you wake up and realize, oh my gosh, and you feel just so disenchanted by the whole system and realize this might be four or five years of your life spent kind of making up for it. And that's a very real feeling, but the hopeful part of it is you're definitely not alone. And there are millions of people who have walked through this before you and they can verify that the pathway is clear and it actually does work. If you can get your income up, if you can get on a budget and you can start making those payments using the debt snowball. So that's the hopeful side of this, but it doesn't make it any more easy, John. I like your idea. James, we got to get a red button, and once a year, we just hit it and pay off somebody's everything. <laughs> yes. That would be awesome. That is amazing. All right, James, get your bank account ready because that's going to take a lot of money. <laughs> this is The Ramsey Show. You were supposed to pop in there, James, and say something. I'm speechless. <laughs> this is The Ramsey Show. Listen to The Ramsey Show. I'm Jade Warshaw, your co-host today. I'm joined by Dr. John Deloney, and we are taking your calls all afternoon long, so give us a call. We'd love it. The number is 888-825-5225. Call hey, in. Hold on, hold on. Like, we got to, we get, we we're just talking off air, and we, I think it's fair to have this conversation. Okay. Um, it's, it's kind of a continuation of one we had earlier. I think it's important just to call out, homes are outrageously expensive. Oh, yeah. Uh, the last I looked, and again, don't hold me to this statistic, but it's the lowest inventory. Mm-hmm. It's supply and demand. There's just not mm-hmm. enough houses. Yes. And some of these um, big Wall Street firms are coming in just buying them, writing checks for them, and buying up neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there's there's new competition on the yeah. ground that has never existed before. That's right. Housing has just gotten insanely expensive. Yeah. And that means for the young couple who's 26 and 27 and she's a teacher and he's a youth minister. She is a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. He is trying to get a small business going. Y'all are going to be renting for a long time. And 100%. That's not because people hate you. It's because the, to get into a house, it's half a million dollars on the low end. Yeah. To get in a dream home or a really nice place. It used to be 500. Now it's a million dollars. to. Yeah. It's just gotten bananas, right? Acro- I- all across the country. I mean, I think now more than ever, you know, we've been, we're part of the debt-free message. Like we're always telling folks to get debt-free. And I think now more than ever, it's so important um, if you're at the cusp, right? Like you're just starting out, you're considering student loans or you're talking to your kids about college. It is so, so, so important for for those of us who got in debt, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda, like we're here now. But for everybody else who's right at that cusp, it's more important than ever because this journey that you're talking about, John, to home ownership is longer, is longer. It might take you seven years. It might take you however long to get there. You definitely don't need to make it longer by having to pay off debt, right? So what I'm kind of likening that to is when Sam and I, uh, when we first started out, of course, we had a bunch of debt. It took us seven and a half years to pay off that debt once we realized, hey, we need to pay it off. So really, we were nine years in to marriage by the time our debt was paid off. And we rented for 10 years because we were like, we're not going to buy a house when we still have this debt. Our, mor- our debt was our mortgage, right? So I know what it f- I, I know that feeling um, to say, hey, you're not going to buy a house for 10 years. But can, can, can we call this out? This is important. Mm. I was at you and Sam's house. Like there was my wife and I, there's a whole group of us over there. The yeah, yeah. For a holiday party. Yeah. You have two little kids. 
Yep. Your house is extraordinary. It's beautiful. Thank you. Right? It's amazing. And I think it's hard when you're you're 32. It's hard when you're 26. It's hard when you're 40 and the math isn't adding up. Mm Mm-hmm. To not be able to just exhale and see the other side is if you'll wait and do it mm-hmm. right. Yeah. There was a lot of laughter in that home. There wasn't a lot of angst. That's right. There was a lot of joy. There was a lot of fun. There's a lot of, I wonder what other house we could get, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a different ethos than I borrowed half of the 1% down because I got this special loan program mm. and from my brother and then my this other guy. And then I got a bonus from my work and I was able to get into this place. Nobody moved. Nobody breathed. Yeah. You don't. That's not that home owns you. You don't own that home, right? That's it's so just true. a different way, but it's it's thinking through like uh because I was there too. I mean, just I remember walking around being like, I'll never have a family, I'm never gonna have a home for our family. Mm-hmm. I'm always gonna be this like begging the place where I work for help with and it's just different now. Well right? the, on the other side of it. The temptation, I think, John, is when you are in that headspace of like, is this ever gonna happen? Like feasibly could this ever happen? You start, and I think that's the way a lot of people feel right now is the way these prices are and the way my income is and what it takes to even get a $400,000 house or a $300,000 house is astronomical. And so you start to feel like the gap getting wider and wider. And if you start feeling hopeless, then the reaction is, well, who cares? Like, whatever, I'm just going to live my life. And next thing I know, I'm seeing you out at Applebee's and at Chili's and you're buying up the bar. And I'm like, listen, you're just making it worse. Don't don't lose hope because when you lose hope, it's like you just widen the gap even further. Or you you make um you make quick um unthought through decisions when you feel that's hopeless, right. right? Yeah. And that's when you just go by the house. That's right. And then in 7 years when there's a market correction mm-hmm. and your adjustable rate mortgage goes way up, a really, really wealthy person is going to buy it from you on uh, from the bank at pennies on the dollar, and you just help that person get even richer than they Ooh. already are, right? Yeah, yeah. because you just w- yeah. And I, it, it's heartbreaking to me. And, and sometimes it's one of those things like people ask me in interviews, like, "What would you tell twenty two year old you?" And I just laugh and go, "Nothing," because that guy was an idiot; he wouldn't <laughs> listen. And so um, I feel like sometimes we're just talking to a wall because yeah. I, I remember being twenty seven and thinking this is never going to happen. Yeah. And that's just simply because I didn't know what it was going to be like. Yeah. You know. The time's going to pass. Right. I I mean, I keep saying, I mean, I feel like I'm on repeat saying that the time's going to pass anyway. Put the work in. Put the work in. It makes me think of that scripture. Dave quotes it all the time. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And a lot of us, our heart is sick because we're like, man, I had this hope, but it feels like it's never going to happen. But if you can just strike up that desire, because it says when desire comes, it's a tree of life. So if you can have enough desire to go, I'm going to see this through. I don't exactly know what the path looks like. Like, I'm just going to keep being smart with money. There's something to be said for staying the course. I'm going to keep budgeting. I'm going to keep being smart with money. I'm going to keep setting money aside. And you will look up and you will have a nice stack of money that you've saved up. Who knows how long it's going to take, but you will look up and what used to be a mountain turns into a hill and what used to turn be a hill turns into a little, you know, just a little swoop. And, and you might be in a different state. Yeah. You might have different friends yes. in your house. That's right. You might have a different job. When I was 27, yes. YouTube didn't exist. Podcast wasn't a thing. That's right, right? John. And so who knows what's what's coming down the, down the way. Exactly. Just take the next right step. And that's such a good point. I'm, I'm a belabor, belabor this any a little bit longer because I do think this is probably helping someone. Who among us can look 10 years ago and say, I knew exactly where I was going to be 10 years later? No one. 
Like you don't know where you can guess and you can pontificate about it and say, well, in seven years, I will be here and I'll have this job and I'll live over here with this many kids. But you you truly don't know. And so especially now, once if you're seeing the AI stuff coming out in our field, like it's all going to be different in seven years, (laughs) man. I mean, but the point is, the point is, you know, you make these plans, but you don't know what's on the other side of time and all you can do is be consistent and do the things that you know to do. Don't grow weary in well-doing because at the right time you'll reap a harvest of blessing. That's really what it is and that's really what we're getting to is just don't give up. Keep going. We know it's hard. We acknowledge it's difficult. I look at the numbers and sometimes I'm like, just that. Like, I don't know what to tell you. It's tough. You just gotta be consistent. There's nothing to say, but it's similar to the grief is similar to sitting with somebody who's just lost a loved one. Yeah. You had a dream. You had a dream yeah. that you were going to drive a car that you felt safe in, that you were going to live in a nice home, and it was going to look like the HGTV generation homes that you grew up watching. Right. You had this picture of what your life was going to be, mm-hmm. and now it's different. And so I'll sit with you. It's it's the worst. Yeah. But it doesn't change the math. Just as similar as I've told math. people who have lost a child or a parent or a loved one, they're gone. Mm-hmm. And so now what are we going to do? Right? Yeah. It's that heartbreaking moment. Here was this dream. I was going to be of this and this, Mm -hmm. it's gone. And because this is, we're looking at the numbers. The numbers are what the numbers are. The interest rates are bananas. The houses are expensive. There's very few of them that are out there. And if there is a good one at a reasonable price, it's it's war. I'm in that war right now, right? (laughs) And so it just is what it is, what it is. I'm not gonna give my integrity over. I'm not gonna give over my frustration. I'm not gonna make a rash decision that puts my family at risk. Right. I'm going to choose and own reality and this is it. And then I'm going to make the next right step I can given that, that set of truth. Yeah. I love that. I, you know, I keep thinking like tactically we're feeling this, what can we do? And it just came in my mind. There's, I love the social media handles that focus on everybody's home is not aesthetic. Everybody's life is not aesthetic. And I love following those accounts because it makes you realize, okay, like I can be content where I am. Like, everybody's cabinets aren't bright white with, you know, white marble countertops. Formica like, won't kill you. Exactly, Linoleum exactly. won't kill you, right? And I'm like, at the very least, one of the things we can start doing is bringing more reality into our daily life and just finding ways to be content with where we're at and making sure that we're not comparing our current state with someone else's social media highlight real state because if that's what you're reaching for you are going to come up short every single time let's be honest about that so anyway john this has been great chopping it up with you listen i hope that conversation was helpful for you and i'm so grateful that you're here we're going to do our best to help guide you guys through this because this it's not easy the mortgage market is not easy right now thanks for hanging with us this is the ramsey show 